When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hell well, well. Happy off day to you. It's Zolgad. It's Declan Goff, executive producer extraordinaire who just rushed home from a golf course. Phil will be joining shortly after he had to ditch his family as well. And there's a very good reason why. This is what happens in sports. Ladies and gentlemen, you sometimes have to put your life on pause for a trade like this. If you have not heard, it started with a Woj bomb. I have not seen this officially confirmed by the teams yet, but when it's a Woj bomb, it's good enough for all of us. The Timberwolves have acquired Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz. Okay? Rudy Gobert is a Timberwolf. Here is the price the Timberwolves paid. Malik Beasley is now with Utah. Patrick Beverly now with the Jazz. Walker Kessler, who didn't play a game for the Wolves after being their first two first-round picks. Walker Kessler is now in Utah. I'm not done. Jared Vanderbilt is now with the Jazz. And uh, Leonardo Balmero has now been traded to the Jazz as well. So that's five players, and I'm still not done. I haven't seen an official tally decks uh, correct me or update me if you have. Woj said multiple first-round picks will be transferred from the Minnesota Timberwolves to the Jazz. So it's a five-for-one plus draft picks for Gobert. Um, full credit here, Declan, where credit is due. Our guy, Scoopmaster Doogie, mentioned, I think it was two to three weeks ago, he said, I don't think it happens, but the Timberwolves have strong interest in Gobert. They are definitely sniffing around. They are definitely trying to to get, get him. But at that time, Doogie's thought process was the price is going to be too high. What we learned this afternoon was Tim Conley, who was hired in May, was willing to pay an extremely high price. He did not lose Declan's guy, McDaniels. Jaden McDaniels remains on the Wolves' roster gobert can now be teamed with towns and ant is still here um but certainly beasley beverly and vanderbilt all i would say semi-important to absolutely key players on the timberwolves team that made the playoffs and lost to memphis in the first round declan goff have all been traded and therein lies why we rush to do this podcast thank you for joining us your mic is Judd, muted. I'm playing numerous different hats. I shot 100-plus in the golf course today. That is not the news. That is not even breaking news to the audience. I was going through my baseball cards. Um, The the gal started packing for the cabin, and I said, hold on. Give me one hour to talk about this trade. Uh, Judd, this is a franchise-altering trade right here, man. Um, You know, we we, kind of kicked around the idea, and as I got Vinny whining at the door – this is a franchise-altering trade for the Timberwolves. You're talking about multiple first-round picks. You're talking about a shot blocker and Rudy Gobert that the, the Timberwolves have really asked for at the beginning right here. here here's Vinny. Vinny's got some thoughts on the trade. Hi, right Vinny. Um, oh, good boy. He won't yeah. be traded. You're not getting traded here, buddy. But um, but this is a this is a monumental trade for the Timberwolves, Judd. I mean, you're talking multiple first-round picks. You're talking a shot blocker. You're talking about a guy who's also on a max contract just like Cat. You know, and we kind of thought about the idea that if you're going to tie up a lot of money in in in, in the in the camp of Cat and Gobert, that that's a lot of coin. And it's 2022. Yeah. Do you want to be putting that much amount of money um, into the into the back end of that? But the Wolves said, okay, let's do it. And you know what? Credit, honestly, to friend of the show, Tim Connolly. Tim Connolly had the stones to pull off this trade. He came on and talked about comedy movies and funny movies with us. But you know, he made a run at LeBron in Denver. Judd, don't forget about that a few years ago. Um, yep. I believe Chris Mannix pointed that out, uh, NBA insider yesterday. 
This yep. is not surprising that this first big splash move uh, is Rudy Gobert. And for the listeners, I can see our YouTube comments right now blowing up. Phil Mackey's on his way in an Uber right now, so he'll have plenty of thoughts on this as well. Judd and I right here will be a Judd's hockey show with basketball to break this down in the meantime. But Judd, franchise-altering trade for the Timberwolves. It's enormous. Um, it is it is not probably as big, but it will rival at least to a certain degree. The we're about to um, we're about to look back ten years ago on July fourth, so we're a couple days short of that. Right. Of course, the right. Wild signs uh, Prezi and Suter to those absolutely enormous free agent contracts. I don't think that this is as big, but it's damn close. It's damn close. Now I am seeing um, a lot of negative reaction how can you give up this much it's crazy i i have seen herschel walker uh cited a couple times as in you just made a herschel walker trade let's just quickly uh before phil joins let's go through this and see what hurts okay so like like because it's a lot of names but names don't necessarily equal quality all right malik beasley i think was being traded yep and quite frankly i'm not going to miss a guy that went hot and cold and the problem was whether hot or cold, needed his. And so, like, if he was going great, it was fantastic. But when he wasn't, he still uh, shot irresponsibly. I don't think that's a big loss. Patrick Beverly, more of a loss as a defender and a, a uh, locker room presence. But don't forget, the Wolves last night signed the guy from the Grizzlies who is going to come in and play defense. And so he is going to be on the court because that's what Pat Bev brought, a great defensive presence when healthy that's the key thing i loved bev i love what bev brought but i mean a wolves insider told me halfway through the year judd the problem is he doesn't play enough and so that's a loss walker kessler we have no clue he's a big man i'd take gobert before kessler uh vanderbilt hurts like i really like what he brought i think he was a really spark plug um rodman jr like not he he was not in the league of a guy like Rodman was, but he definitely brought that same type of poor man spark to the team. Balmero, no clue. First round picks, crapshoot. So look, if you don't like this trade, I get it's a lot. Uh, But but the way that I see this as far as the five players, the way that I see it, Beverly's going to hurt a bit. Vanderbilt, I think, hurts. Beyond that, I don't mind. And now the question is, do you value draft picks? And and this is where the Walker comparison is very important. Do you value draft picks in the NBA as much as you do in the National Football League? Because where the Vikings got robbed was not in the multiple players that they sent to the Cowboys. Where they got robbed was when Jimmy Johnson cut those players and turned them into draft picks. I would argue here quickly, Declan, that I think that there's a big difference between the NBA draft and between the National Football League draft. Absolutely. Hey, let's get our guy, Phil Mackey. There he is. There he is. Welcome in, buddy. Welcome into your day off. Wow. I was... I was. Uh, we got some family in town. It's you know enjoying a seventy-five and sunny day in the PNW, and I've been been checking my phone pretty frequently today, just because. Oh, Vinny, who's a good boy? The Vinny, the Vinster. He's got thoughts on <laughs> the Wolves. Yeah, might boy, need man. the Wolves. Might need Vinny off the bench here. Uh, yeah, just uh, looking at their roster now, but um, yeah, like my phone started going bonkers in my pocket as we were ordering uh, just beers from this brewery we went to. I'm like, oh, God, what is this? This is <laughs> six different people are texting. I'm getting Twitter alerts. Um, I'm still trying to process this. I love the splash. I love the big game hunting. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I love giving up all of those things. I think it's I, – I'm in on the trade. Let me start there. I'm in on the trade. All right? The, the Wolves mm-hmm. starting lineup is the peak version of the Wolves starting lineup. Mm-hmm. If Cat and Gobert can coexist against different types of lineups and the mm-hmm. peak version of Ant and Jaden McDaniels taking a step forward. And I, and I know as of right now, D'Lo's in the starting lineup. Maybe they look to make another move and they move D'Lo. But right now, that starting lineup is badass. That is – for sure, two all-star, all-NBA caliber players in Cat and Gobert. Anthony Edwards, a future all-NBA caliber player. D'Lo, you know, borderline all-star level player at his peak. And then whatever Jaden McDaniels can grow into. And and even though you traded pr- pretty much all of your bench, you still have Torian Prince. 
Jordan McLaughlin, Jalen uh, Noel looking to and now the Finch comments from a couple days ago on, on Noel make a lot more sense, right? Oh, he's part of the future. Like, well, where's he signing get, last night does too now. Yeah, where is he going to get playing time? Out. Yeah, Kyle yep. Anderson. Yeah, good defender. Yep. So, um, and and there's probably more things to to happen here, but what makes me nervous is in 2022 NBA. I don't know that there are any examples, and you know, people correct me if I'm wrong in the YouTube comment section of two seven footers as as complimentary as those two guys are skill set wise. You've like go bear, rim protecting, grimy in the paint. He's a paint scorer. Um he's not the greatest offensive player, but like he does all the grimy things, blocking shots, grabbing rebounds that Carl Anthony Towns doesn't always love to do or do at a high level. And Towns is this historically great shooter. Yep. For a seven footer that can also dribble drive and all these things, but putting two seven footers together on the court for like 25, 30, 40 minutes at a time, I don't know that there's a proven comp to that in today's NBA. So right. to, lo- to lock into like a hundred million dollars a year and at least four years of that mm-hmm. is a really wild gamble. But if it pays off, this is a badass lineup. So that's just kind of my initial two, two beers deep take on this ridiculous blockbuster trade. <laughs> I think where the compa- I think where the comparisons change here though is is this there are not many if any examples of Carl Anthony Townses to go with. Um, I think what the Wolves looked at, and my guess is that this was uh, partially, if not largely, also d- driven by uh, Chris Finch. I think what they probably examined too was this: where is Carl most effective, and when does Carl melt down? And Carl melts down when he goes in the paint. He gets hacked, right? Like when Carl's trying to do the things a big man has to do, um, I think he can do them. I think mentally it leaves him in a worse place. This should leave him in, in a position to play outside. It should. This should bring out, and I preface this again with the word should. That's the most important one, okay? Because I don't want to make guarantees here. This should bring out the best in Cat and allow him to be the best Cat possible because he is such a unique player. So, like, I think I see what they're doing here. Um, the, the Phil, immediate reaction on Twitter has been not great. Too many players, too many draft picks, blah, blah, blah. It's a, it's a lot. Herschel it is a, Walker it is a comparisons. I will ask you the same question I, I asked Dex. If you're going to make the Walker comparison... How much do you think, because I think it's different, the National Football League draft mirrors the NBA draft? Because what killed the Vikings was not the players. The compensation of players was fine. It's when Jimmy Johnson let those players go and turned them into draft picks. The NBA draft, to me, is very different. And if the Wolves achieve the success that they want... I don't know that you can use the comparison of football and basketball drafts side by side. Yeah, well, the the good news is on the draft pick front, first of all, you're you're trading every other year pick because you, you can't trade consecutive year picks, first round picks. You have to have a, you have to have a first round pick every other year. So yes, you're trading is it's, it's four future first round picks. The fourth one in 2029 is top five protected. So I believe. I, I and didn't then, see that. And then I think there's Thank a you. pick swap as well in there in 2026. So it's, okay. it's I think it's four first round picks and a fifth, a swap. And the good news is the Wolves are beyond the point with the draft where they're looking for their franchise guy. Mm-hmm. They've got franchise guys. They've got Ant. They've got Cat. They've got Rudy Gobert now. So you're looking to use the draft for complementary pieces, role players, or trade chips that can help you down the road. So I don't want to totally dismiss and say draft picks don't matter because you have Cat and Jade McDaniels. I mean... Draft picks are less important for the Timberwolves over the next five to seven years than other teams that are hunting for their franchise player, like in Oklahoma City or San Antonio. But they're not irrelevant. So you can't just say, oh, draft picks don't matter. Let's give up all of them. So it makes me a little nervous that they've... And it also eliminates flexibility to trade because now now you're in a position where you... You don't. You're you're not going to be able to just trade first round picks in advance because you don't have a first round pick every other. You have to have at least a first round pick. Uh, you can't be without first round picks in back to back years. You'd have to wait until draft night to make a trade. So it, this is the move. Like just, I mean, we talk about well, they have flexibility next summer if they wanted to ride this out one more year. Um, you know, you got all these first round picks that you could trade from. Today's move is the franchise move. 
Tim Connolly has been here for five minutes. I know. And he just made the trade. This is the team. Now there's going to be, you know, there's young players to develop, and we'll see what Jaden McDaniels does. And there might be other trades too, but they have hitched their wagon to this nucleus five minutes into the Tim Connolly era, and I think it's it's wild. Hey, calculated risk, right? I mean, this is what this is all about. And to be a franchise that, hey, they took a great step forward last year. They won 48 games. They took a good Memphis Grizzlies team that was the second seed in the West to, to, to six games and, and more power to them. But you know what? This franchise has been yearning for a big move like this. I you know, feel right before you came on, Judd made up the point. This is the Parisian Suter signing. This is a franchise-altering move for the Timberwolves, just like the Wild did for Parisian Suter about 10 years ago. Now, we obviously hope that this goes better served for the Timberwolves than it did necessarily for the for the Wild that it did, but I, I love this move. I, I think you absolutely have to be all in. Look at the West right now. We talked about teams that, that maybe regressed, and we talked about teams that overachieved, and where do the Wolves fall in? And at the end of the day, all the teams that maybe overachieved or all the teams that underachieved, the Wolves are still in that, eh, maybe they're the sixth to seventh best team of all those teams. I think this move pushes you into the conversation of being a top four team, top three team in the Western Conference right now. Kudos to Tim Connolly, man. Mm. He had the stones to put it on here and say, we're going to make this trade. Hey, it could bite the Wolves, but my first reaction is, I love this trade. I love this move. This state has deserved a basketball team that has served that wants to go all in and do this. I love that Tim Connolly had had the, had the fortitude to go out and do it. Yeah, it is. Uh, the other thing, too, about, you know, having max cap space next summer, you, you know, you had a chance to have 50 or $60 million in cap space. Were you going to get a better player, either via free agency or via trade, to fill that cap space void than Rudy Gobert, prime Rudy Gobert, who's the best defensive big that we've seen in 10 years in the NBA? I'm sure they, I mean, there was reports about Clint Capella. Obviously, they, they made a run. Um, I, I've confirmed it. Uh, Doogie has reported on it at DeJounte Murray. So, th- they had some different sort of big game hunting pelts on the wall that they were, you know, targeting. But this is this is the move. Like this is the move that wipes out your flexibility next summer. This is the move that I think what I would be a little bit worried about, Judd, you said that this could bring out the best version of Carl Anthony Towns. I think what I would worry about defensively is that he's going to have to sometimes get stuck on if teams play a let's say teams play a smaller lineup with, you know, like a, like a stretch four or even, even maybe they put four guards slash wing players on the court. Um, And I'd have to kind of go roster by roster and see which teams are, which teams have those sort of small lineups of death that are, that are tough to deal with. What's the counter move if Carl Anthony Towns can't really guard the opposing teams four? you know, because the luxury you had before was, you could, if you had Jared Vanderbilt on the court, Jared Vanderbilt could guard the smaller player because he was kind of a smaller, more nimble guy than Carl Anthony Towns. And his loss hurts. So there's, there's, a, yeah, there's, a, there's a chance that these two guys won't be able to work together on the defensive well, side of the ball, and that's like the only move you have is to bench one of them for chunks of second half. So that's that's the only thing I worry about is I don't I don't know what that looks like against certain lineups, especially if you get into a playoff series yeah. where the opposing team can go small and it might be checkmate for you, but. We'll see. That's a legit concern, but I would say this. They have to be convinced internally it's going to work. Like, I don't think you make this deal if you think we might end up ha- having to bench a cat at some point or it's not going to work. Like, I, there's no question that it, it appears that, or it, it doesn't appear, Finch and Conley better be in on the fact that they're convinced that this is going to work. Because if they're wrong, it's a massive problem. If they're right, it, it pays off. Uh, question for you, Phil, though. You, you brought this up, I think, when we discussed this, probably on the scoop when Doogie broached uh, Gobert's name, which he's been doing for like two weeks. You expressed some uh, far more concern about springtime basketball with those two. Mm-hmm. And I think your point was playoffs come around, this might be a problem. Um, let's go there. What's your concern? Because the, the Wolves definitely now believe and should be a playoff team. Um, what's your concern that once we get to the playoffs, that, yeah, teams can counter this and actually cause some big problems for the Timberwolves. Yeah, because well, if if you run into a team that can put a small lineup on the court with a small four that's nimble, they can move the ball around, and they can essentially put your seven-footers in the spin cycle, and that has happened to the Jazz in multiple playoff series. 
you don't get to just move on to the next city two nights later and play a different team. You're stuck in a seven-game series against a team that might have basically an antidote to what you're trying to do. So, again, I maybe I'm sounding an alarm here. I, I, I'm in on the trade. I'm in on the trade. It's early, though. But like, I, putting I mean, two seven-footers yeah, together you. like this is yeah. it's, uh, it's bold in 2022. It's very bold. I don't know what to think yet exactly, but I think that crying Herschel Walker trade might be a bit quick. So, like, I'm just trying to go through what the potential means here, what the loss of draft picks mean. I mean, when I go through the five players that they dealt, okay, Beasley, I'm fine with. Pat Bev, I really liked, but he's older. He gets hurt. He's potentially already been replaced with the move that the Wolves made in free agency on Thursday. Walker Kessler, no clue. And Gobert Gobert is a, 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 you know, three steps past a guy like Walker Kessler. Vanderbilt, I think, hurts. He definitely hurts. They trotted poor Walker Kessler out there for that press conference. He's been traded twice now. He has yet to play a game in like the course of a week. The poor guy's been traded twice. By the way, there's also chatter that Bolmaro might be in this trade. That's what. But that it's Dane Moore is reporting that it's on hold right now because this might this might be part of a bigger deal. There's some speculation that this could be part of a bigger like four team trade involving Durant and the Suns. That's what Wendy was talking about today. When when Wendy was recklessly speculating, Woj did put Balmero in the trade um, after he didn't tweet his name initially. So there's definitely some steam there. So hold on though, but let's also get to the point that all right. You, so you you sign Gobert, one of the best rim protectors, one of the best defense, the one of the best defensive players in the NBA. And even though we're in a three point shooting league, you know the Warriors came back here, won an NBA title after popping back up. Are the Wolves banking on that their defense and that their prowess in the paint is what's going to carry them? And I think even though that might be a risky gamble, right, and also tying up a good amount of money in your five and your four in towns who got signed to Supermax late last night, you're inheriting Rudy Gobert, who also makes a good chunk, good, good chunk of coin right here. I still think this is a good gamble for the Wolves to take. I mean, if you really think about it, let's say the Wolves didn't make um, a significant trade for Gobert, and they really ran it back for the most part, right? So they signed Kyle Anderson. You know, they're they're going to be a team that won 48 games last year, and they still think they can scratch surface and maybe be a 53-55 win team mm-hmm. uh, for next season. I still think the move to get Gobert is the positive step to take. It's a gamble, right? Like, it obviously is, is a big risk for them. But I, I, I'm not really looking right now, and we can absolutely still have the conversation, is, is this the right move to make? I still think right now in, in, in the hindsight of it, I think it is the right move to make. I think you had to make this trade. You had to make the move to make you a solidifier as a contender in the Western Conference. I have a question. It just popped into my head here. I, well, I floated this earlier on Twitter, but I think it takes on new meaning here now that it's great. Reckless speculation. If you were given the chance to trade Carl Anthony Towns for Kevin Durant oh straight up right now, would you do it? Well, yeah. Yeah. I would have traded. You can't now, right? Oh, because he signed the Supermax. The Supermax, I think, now. Well, is the uh, ink dry? Two year for a year. You can't trade him for a year. Is the ink dry? If we're playing revisionist history, here's what I would have done. Here's what I would have done. Because also, and credit to the to my Slack chat who pointed this out yesterday, If I think the best offer Brooklyn possibly could have gotten to, to get rid of Durant and coming back is Cat and two first-round picks. Towns goes back to Brooklyn. They get a superstar. They get two first-round picks to work with. I still don't know if that's enough to get a superstar like Kevin Durant, who's up there in age, but I would have 100% entertained that trade. I, a, a friend of mine texted me this morning. He said, would you do this straight up? And I was like, let me throw this on Twitter and see what people say. <laughs> Durant, now, D- Durant, obviously... He has his list of teams. It sounds like the Suns are probably the team, and the Heat would be right. incredible to him yeah. and Jimmy Butler. But and Durant, I think, would want Cat here because, like that, that's the problem. If you trade them, what do you? If you trade them, Cat. Well, if he comes here and it's him and Gobert, I don't know. And I Ant, just think, yeah, dude, Gobert, Durant, and Ant, Ant is Ant would be good. I just think that the Suns are probably where he wants to go because they they can keep that, they can keep most of that. I should say nucleus together. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's just a, it's it's not a thing that's actually happening. I just want to float a little reckless speculation here on this uh, emergency reckless episode. So I'm just kind of going through, you know, what what do they have left? Because they just, they just traded half their roster and 
four first-round picks over the next eight years. So right now the starting lineup is Gobert and Cat at the five and the four. Jade McDaniel's probably at the three. Uh, and then you're get right now. Ant is your two, and D'Lo is your point guard. Yep. And then your five, your first five players off the bench, I think, would be some combination of Torian Prince, Jordan McLaughlin, Jalen Noel. See, let's talk about Jalen Noel here in a second. But Jalen Noel, much more prominent role now. Kyle Anderson and Nas Reed, mm-hmm. and there, and there's a couple other guys here to, to talk about too. But with Beasley and Beverly gone. Jalen Noel basically jumps up two rungs on the on the guard list, right? I mean, he 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 essentially becomes your your scorer off the bench, second yep. unit punch. Probably it goes from fifteen minutes a game to twenty five, twenty seven minutes a game just because of this trade. And I kind of love it. That's why Chris Finch said I didn't play him enough. My fault. <laughs> Chris Finch him knew this was percolating. Play right? him a lot. Oh, absolutely. Doogie knew. Yeah. If Doogie knew, I hope Chris Finch knew. So but, many people in the comments think this is a bad move. By the way, I keep yeah, reading like it's yeah. like, man. Twitter's the same way, mm-hmm. because of the quantity. Because of the quantity, and I and that's why I go back to what is the draft like? If if the Timberwolves, so the two ways that this is not a bad deal to me are very simple. One is that Finch and Conley are right that this is going to work. Like there's no room for oh my god it didn't work we had to bench one of them. Yeah. That's a disaster. That's an absolute disaster. The second thing is, if this works, and by God, it better, you're not going to be drafting for a while high in the first round. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I, I just feel, I think your point's an intriguing one, and it's this. Like, for the last, I don't know, month or so, we, we've been talking about, will Conley slow cook things? Will he trade d You know, is he going to try to make an impact move immediately and i think by the time that we did the show on thursday we all agreed probably not like it doesn't look like it and now he's done exactly that Mm -hmm. um he he had the ability to fire a bullet and i think we all thought that that he might hold that including dukes to a certain degree for a year and it just got fired and so yeah they they have to be right here though you can't say oh the cat thing didn't work at the four if that happens you got problems yeah and you can Obviously, if you if you needed to trade Gobert or Towns, after, let's say it just doesn't work this year for whatever reason, like those guys are both very tradable. They're they're both again they're all NBA guys. But if it doesn't work, are you th- then would you be trading Rudy Gobert for you know fifty cents on the dollar? That's I mean, you're, you're certainly not going to get four first round picks back if it doesn't work this year. Yeah. With him, by the way, our guy Dane Moore from the Dane Moore NBA podcast. He has the updated Wolves salary cap information here, too. So they have three open roster spots left. They are $9 million below the luxury tax line. And they can add players. So they have those three open roster spots. They can add players with the remaining mid-level exception money, which after the Kyle Anderson signing, they have $1.5 million for for uh, mid-level exception money. Mm-hmm. So basically like veterans minimum type money. And then uh, they could add veteran minimum guys as well. Um, they could also match a Nate Knight restricted free agency offer. So there, this is the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wendell Moore, I forgot to mention him too, because he did not go in this trade. Only Walker Kessler went. So your other first round pick, Wendell Moore, is also going to be in your rotation to some extent here. But so they also trade, you know, Pat Bev, decent three-point shooter. Malik Beasley, one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA, but very streaky as well. Yeah. So they, they traded some shooting away here. Rudy Gobert is not going to make a shot outside of about, you know, arm's length of the basket. Uh, Kyle Anderson, he's a career 33% three-point shooter. So you doubt, your, your shooting definitely took a hit with these transactions here, but Torian Prince coming back helps you. Wendell Moore should make some threes for you this season, and getting Jalen Noel more playing time should also help make up for any sort of Malik Beasley gap in in three point shooting. Well, also, even though we talk about Rudy Gobert being a rim protector and and obviously limited offensively, but the dude also led the NBA in effective field goal percentage the last two years. I yeah. mean, if you put him in the paint, the dude's going to make a bucket. Um, is he a great free throw shooter? Not necessarily. Can he make anything outside of the paint? Maybe not. 
but you get that dude in the paint, he's gonna be a he's gonna be an automatic bucket getter for you. He led the league in rebounds too. So I I I don't think I think we're kind of maybe focusing on hey, he's a big seven footer. He's also 30 years old. Is that a big risk to take? But also the dude, when he's in the paint, is one of the most effective players offensively too. And some people might also be sleeping on that idea. The re- and the part of the reason why Rudy Gobert uh, shoots such a high percentage is because 49% of his baskets last year were dunks. <laughs> or of his uh-huh. attempts, I should say, were dunks. Uh-huh. He's, uh, you know, that's, that's what he is. It's uh, 74% of his shot attempts were inside three feet, so point blank range. So he's not gonna. He's not gonna. Get, and by the way, twenty four percent were inside ten feet. So he's not gonna do anything outside the paint. He's gonna be a guy that, you know, pick and roll can get to the bucket. He's he's gonna clean up offensive rebounds and and score that way. But um, but yeah, he at least to Declan's point, he's not versatile offensively. But he's not shipwrecking you offensively. He's not taking dumb shots. He knows exactly who he is, and uh, and he's increasing your efficiency. So positives. Sure. So this is up to Cat to make this work. Like Cat has to Cat has to maximize now who he should be. And he's a great player. But I mean, now he's going to be it, this is cuz Gobert's role is his role, right? Like his role is not going to change. It's not going to alter. So he's going to play his role and he does a very good job of that. But this is up to Cat now basically turn loose to make this work and it's up to, and I'm confident that this one will, will uh, happen. It's up to ant to take that next step too, but he's shown that so far. Like I have no concerns about ant. Um, but to me, this really now rotates around those three and it really goes around those two because Gobert, I don't think is going to surprise you. He's just going to be, he's going to be plugged and played and be the guy that he is supposed to be. Um, but we now need to see cat, Take that next step. And and I think it's as much mental because he's got the abilities. He's shown that. I think it's that mental step now where they are, in my mind, this move empowers Cat. Like this move says, okay, dude, this turns you loose. You now, a lot of the constraints, a lot of the problems, those are gone. But you now have to thrive here. And I really think that that becomes the question is can Cat fulfill his potential, not just as a star player, but become a superstar player who's wired right, who embraces the opportunity that they're clearly trusting him. And I don't I don't I don't know if I fully agree with this because I don't know that they are looking at him and saying, all right, now we need to now you need to make sure you're wired right. I think they're almost I think they're banking on Anthony Edwards rising up and essentially being the ultimate guy that that runs the show on this team. Mm-hmm. And I think they're they're hedging Carl Anthony Towns negatives by bringing in Rudy Gobert. It almost feels like they're providing insulation for the things that Carl Anthony Towns isn't isn't great at. But they're empowered. Whether he gets better at them or not. Yeah. But they're kind of they, working around some of those things. Yeah, but I feel like they're also giving him an opportunity now to thrive in all of the areas that he can. And it's his and, and it's his job mentally now to take that step to become a great player. Because he is physically a great player. Like I, I don't think there's a debate there. I don't think that that's a problem. I think that when Carl Anthony Towns takes the floor, God has uh, gifted him with the athletic ability to be a fantastic player, and he's shown that. Um, but you also now need him to take the step that he didn't in the first round of the playoffs, which is the mental step. And this does, to your point, Phil, put him in absolutely perfect position to do that. Yeah. Uh, Pat Beverly has tweeted. Okay. Pat Beverly, part of this trade, if you're just joining us here on this Friday. The Wolves made the, I think it's the biggest trade in franchise history. All due respect to KG to the Celtics for Al Jefferson and a bunch of slappies. Hopefully it works better than that one. Yeah. Uh, This is, and this is, that was a, that was a dump trade to try and get future assets. It did not work. This is obviously the opposite. But Patrick Beverly, whose fingerprints were all over the 46 win playoff Timberwolves from last year. Just a huge asset, whether he was playing or not. Just everything about his winning acumen and defensive grind, I think, rubbed off on this team. And he tweets, always business. Wolves, thank you. Time to take another team to the playoffs. So, it's not bitter. Oh, wow. I don't, know that, I don't even know that he winds up in Utah. Yeah. Utah has a bunch of assets now to, to go and spin and maybe try and collect more draft picks. So, um, another thing here to mention just for the uh, 
on the analytics side of things, I'm just going to pull this up here on Basketball Reference. Rudy Gobert is an analytics darling. The analytics love themselves some Rudy Gobert. If you rank NBA players on win shares per 48 minutes, so this is like wins above replacement in baseball. The number one player in the league is Nikola Jokic. The number two player in the league is Giannis. And the third best player in the league is Rudy Gobert, according to win shares per 48 minutes. Wow. It's nuts. Uh, He has ranked somewhere near the top three or the top five multiple years in a row, too. So this isn't just like a blip on the radar from last year. If you go back to 2020 and 2021 and do the same thing, win shares per 48 minutes, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler, and Rudy Gobert was fourth just ahead of Giannis and Kawhi Leonard in 2020-2021. So, and, and a lot of that's just defense, rebounding, blocking shots, all those things that are sort of, uh, it's 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 grimy work that doesn't always, you know, get the same spotlight as some of the guys who score twenty five or thirty points per game. But obviously, the Timberwolves believe in these analytics, or they wouldn't have shipped four first round picks, a pick swap, and half their bench <laughs> and starters, half their starters, Pat Bev and Jared Vanderbilt as well. So amazing. First round picks in twenty three, twenty five, twenty seven, a swap of picks in two thousand. 26 and a top five protected pick in 29 yeah. but uh, other than that's a very small deal yeah. hey real, real quick because we have there's a at least a couple thousand people hanging out with us right now on the score North youtube channel and we thank you guys whatever you were doing here on this friday this long fourth of july weekend we were all out and about tipping back some uh some beverages and scrambled here if you could click the subscribe button on the score north youtube channel and the like button on this video we can help spread the word about score north and mackie and judd and this uh, fun community of Timberwolves fans. Half of you hate this. Half of you say, let's bleep and go. And we're going to have to wait a few months to actually see this product on the court together. But what a fun day. Either way, what a freaking fun day if you're a Timberwolves fan. Well, Big Trey's so, the greatest. Yeah. Does this also cement to, and I think this is maybe a, a bigger conversation or a butterfly effect here, but does this mean that D'Lo is locked into being the starting point guard? Like are, are, so they're, they're going to roll with what D'Lo and Cat and Gobert and you know I don't know who they roll with at the two and three necessarily just off the top of my head but it's, well Ant and, and, J- and Jade well, McDaniels yeah, and, and Jaden McDaniels too obviously but because I see a ton of comments being like well what's next for D'Lo like what where does D'Angelo Russell fit into the long term plans here well he doesn't fit into the long term plans I don't think because he has one year left and I would be they're not going to give him an extension now so. They're, they're either going to ride him out for his expiring contract, which wouldn't be the worst thing if he said, all right, maintain some flexibility at that at that position and and see what happens. Um, but I don't know that it's a guarantee that he's on the team at this point. I don't know what – at this point, we just have to sit back and watch. These guys went – the ownership went out and doubled the salary of Tim Connolly to steal him from Denver, and then they went and traded all of those assets for Rudy Gobert. We yeah. – we have reached uncharted territory and unknown territory. We've never seen this with the Timberwolves. We don't know what they're capable of doing. We don't know what they're thinking. So I, I, I hesitate to even like say definitively one way or the other that D'Lo is going to be the point guard or not. I don't know. I have no idea. This continues to show, though, the, the one probably most important thing. These are clearly the new Wolves, and I'm not talking about Conley. I'm talking about ownership. Yeah. Like, this is very clear. In fact, I wonder if long-term, and now I'm assuming that the sale um, is going to go through and be completed in the next, what, two years or year and a half, I wonder if they're going to be as concerned about going over the luxury tax eventually as Glenn has been. Because, I mean, Dukes has basically said that, I think it was, what, uh, Prince's contract, that they were so concerned about a bonus that he probably wasn't going to reach that they didn't add a guy because they couldn't explain to Glenn that, oh, my God, we accidentally exceeded the cap despite the fact that, uh, that you know, they probably weren't going to. So I just think that this whole thing, part of it that makes it so intriguing is the Lori Arod angle and the fact that this team is going in such a potentially different direction as far as bold moves go and as far as uh, culture and also writing checks goes. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing, too, you know, Tim Connolly came in here and, and, and looked around and saw a bunch of blown double-digit leads in the second half of playoff games. How do you blow a 26-point lead? 
in one half to the Memphis Grizzlies in game three. And then he probably looked at the teams that were sitting there left at the end of the playoffs, the Warriors and the Celtics, the Heat, some really good defensive teams. And the Timberwolves just, you know, they the first stretches, they played some really good defense. And at the beginning of the year, I think they were actually like rated as one of the better defensive teams in the NBA. But when you look at the best, I just pulled this up here too, the best defensive ratings per 100 possessions in the NBA this year were the Warriors and the Celtics. So there you go right there. Mm -hmm. And then it was the Suns, Grizzlies, Heat, Mavericks. So basically the best defensive teams in the NBA were the teams that were left standing at the end or, or near the end of the NBA playoffs. He said, all right, well, that's great that we have all these shooters. Malik Beasley can hit a bunch of threes, and Cat is great. He's a historic seven-footer, shoot all these threes, and D'Lo. But who's preventing the other team from getting what they want in the fourth quarter? Who's preventing the other team from getting to the rim at will, right? When Carl Anthony Towns has yeah. three fouls and has to sit on the bench for stretches, who's going who's gonna to jump into the paint and like put up some resistance? And we saw time and time again against the Grizzlies that the answer, they didn't have answers. So bringing in Rudy Gobert and bringing in Kyle Anderson are just two huge defensive stamps. You lose one in Pat Beverly, but to bring but if you're swapping out Pat Beverly and Jared Vanderbilt for Kyle Anderson and for Rudy Gobert, uh, I think you're absolutely gaining on the defensive side, and that's very obviously one of the things that they wanted to accomplish this offseason. And I love Pat Bev, but I mean the injury cliff I think is probably near too, and once that goes, it's going to go hard. So. Yeah. Like, I, I think he brought a ton, and I liked it. But if you can be as good defensively and younger and empower, like, Ant and Catmore, and again, they've got to accept that. Uh, I think that that's a, that's a trade-off and transition that I don't think you're going to fight too much. Yeah. So, uh, what do you guys think here? Anything anything else that uh, pops the into N- your mind here on this yes, trade? The NBA is incredible. It's These, a blast. I mean, how do you, your regular season doesn't even come close to this. Like, it's fun. It's fine. Free agency looming last night. Looming. And what happens? Woj, Kevin Durant wants out. That means Kyrie wants out. Just think about this. Like, Like this trade, this trade in baseball would be a huge mammoth national trade, right? Um, In basketball, it's sort of just part of the puzzle. Like, it's a big deal, but it's just part of the puzzle. Yeah. So we get well, is, is that Doogie? Is that Doogie there in the, oh, in the a, green room? I see a Doogie. There he I see is. A live Doogie. Darren Doogie Wolfson from the Five Eyewitness News Sports Team and the Scoop Podcast. Holy crap, Doogie! You called it, man. Congratulations. I don't think I called it. Hopefully, you guys have me okay. By the way, let me know if you don't. I'm using yeah. a colleague's laptop, so I have no idea it's if good. all the settings are configured correctly. They are. They're good. Very nice. Yeah, maybe I called it somewhat, Judd, but I also am on record saying I did not foresee this actually happening. I knew how genuine the interest was from the Wolves' side. How much Del Demps, former Utah assistant coach, now in the Wolves' front office, Del Demps, Tim Connolly tight from their days together in the New Orleans front office. I knew that Del was driving the interest, but I also knew that Tim was a big fan of Rudy Gobert going back many, many years. That being said... I just wasn't sure that these two Western Conference teams could come to a happy medium. Then I did think Utah would look to shake some things up, but I thought Chicago or Toronto was way more likely. But then you look at this package that the Wolves are giving up. How the heck, if you were Danny Ainge, could you say no? This is an all-time return. Well, I have not done a whole lot of research because I'm just back from Target Field. My phone starts blowing up as the Twins are introducing – their new bullpen coach, last name Suggs. Like right when he sat down in the dugout, my phone starts exploding. Then Pete Mackey, the new pitching coach, met with us. Then Derek Sorry, Pete. Falvey met with us. <laughs> the in the clubhouse gets work done. I'll give Emilio Pagan some credit. I had a nice conversation, five minutes with Emilio Pagan, who owned all his issues. But like I couldn't walk away from that conversation. Then I had a chance to catch up with Jose Miranda. I had twins work to do. All the while, my phone is just exploding. But like, as I'm wrapping my arms around this transaction, like, did Milwaukee give up this much for Drew Holiday? They gave up a lot, but I don't no. feel like it was quite this much. It wasn't, no. How much did OKC get for Paul George? They got a lot. Was it quite this much? Now, they got Shea Gilgis-Alexander, really good player, but 
was the overall return that OKC got from the Clippers. Does it touch this? Like, I need to go back a really long time to find a comp. Like, this has to be, over the last decade plus, one of the biggest trades in NBA, at least over this 10-year period, this 10-year history. So, Doogie, I don't don't know enough about the people that Tim Connolly is bringing in here, but Rudy Gobert, I was telling these guys like 10 minutes ago, Rudy Gobert is the analytics darling player in the NBA. So some of the guys you're mentioning, like Drew Holiday and Paul George, and you think, wow, God, if those guys, especially Paul George, went for this, then how can you how can you trade this for Rudy Gobert? The last two seasons, according to win shares, which is an all-encompassing sort of player evaluation stat that has Giannis in the top two every year, and Nikola Jokic has been number one the last couple of years, Rudy Gobert was third in the NBA among all players in win shares per 48 minutes. So what the analytics tell you, and there's other ones that will say the same thing, but what the analytics tell you about Rudy Gobert is, and whether you believe him or not is is another story, he is one of the three to five most impactful players on winning in the league, which sound, might sound crazy because he, you know, he doesn't take shots outside of point-blank range, and he's not really impacting the game offensively like we're used to seeing with some of the other best players. But the things that he does, although not glamorous, impact the game a lot more than maybe the average fan thinks. That's what they're banking on. Well, sure, they are banking on that. They are banking on this transaction, vaulting them up to a top-four team in the Western Conference, that the combination of D'Angelo Russell, Jaden McDaniels, Rudy Gobert, Anthony Edwards, and Carl Anthony Towns is good enough to be a top-four team in the West, not only a top-four team in the West, but then to do some damage in the playoffs. Like, they are all in clearly. When you give up this many unprotected first-round picks plus a pick swap plus a protected pick, I'm just going over all this. So Vanderbilt, Kessler, Beasley, Bev, Bomaro, three unprotected, one protected, one swap. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. what was texted to me by somebody in the belly of the beast. Like, I'm still wrapping my arms all around this, but – like, clearly, they think they are going to make a serious run in the next couple years yeah. to win the Western Conference, to win a championship. You do not make this move if you don't think this roster is capable of winning it all. Do you like the trade? I would not have done it, Judd. But I'm not going to rip them for going all in. Okay. Like, how many times have we asked, you know, for example, going back a long time, the Twins, the Terry Ryan Twins, to go all in? on a particular move, right? Or, you know, maybe the Vikings at some point on a quarterback. You know, whatever it might be. You know, we commended the Wilds on July 4th of 2012, going back 10 years, giving those record-setting contracts, you know, those those franchise-changing contracts to Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter. Maybe it didn't ultimately work out, but, like, it was hard to fault them at the time. Like, right. I commend the Wolves for going all in. Like, because too often Minnesota franchises don't go all in. But I'm just telling you, me personally, this is not a trade I would have done. Now, I'm not married to any of the five players, although Jared Vanderbilt is, what, 22 years old? Yeah. There's still a ceiling there. You know, maybe maybe offensively he's pretty limited, but, like, Jared Vanderbilt can be a really good player, I think, on a, on a good team, you know, a piece. Maybe he's not even a starter, but I think he can be in that seven, eight-man rotation on a good team. Bev, fine. Bomaro... Mm, Kessler, like, I don't think Kessler's going to be anything special. Mm. You know, Beasley, fine, so be it. Like, so none of the five players going out, am I like, oh, no, like, they can't be losing that guy. Although, you know, Bev certainly deserves credit for the 46-win season last year. But it's all these draft picks. It's all these unprotected firsts with no guarantees. Like, that really, really frightens me. Like, you know, worst-case scenario came to fruition with the Warriors-Wolves trade with with Andrew Wiggins, D'Angelo Russell, how that, you know, handcuffed them. Like, I would happily take Jonathan Kaminga or somebody else on the Wolves right now. So, like, to give up all those firsts, but I get it. Like, Alex Rodriguez, Mark Laurie, Tim Connolly, they have a lot of Gerson Rosas in them. They are always, well, maybe not anymore with no draft pick capital, but they were always going to go big game hunting. I can't help but think, like, you couldn't complete a Kevin Durant trade for all this? I would have felt better if Kevin Durant was the return. You can spew all the numbers you want, Phil. And, hey, I get it. Like, Gobert is going to help them for the regular season. I just think about all the times he's been minimized in the postseason. Like, mm-hmm. I'd be more willing, even with the injury history, and even with Kevin Durant being, what, 33, 34 years old, 
I would have felt better giving up all this for Kevin Durant compared to Rudy Gobert. Yeah. The, the, so it's so much to give up. The, the bench is still pretty good on paper. If you look at what they have left here. So Torian Prince, Jordan McLaughlin, Jalen Noel all of a sudden bumps up like two or three pegs, going to get an extra 10 minutes a game probably, which, which he I'm should. Which I'm fine with. Phil, I'm Me telling too. you. I love like, that, this dude. This is a bold statement. You know, this is a write that down that I may look like a complete idiot in a couple of years. And I'm not suggesting right this second I would rather have Jalen Noel than Tyler Hero. But, like, I don't think Jalen Noel is that far off from Tyler Hero mm-hmm. or Jordan Poole. So think about how good those two young players are. I truthfully don't believe I agree. Jalen Noel is that far off. Just give him an opportunity. I agree. Yeah, and then Kyle Anderson and Nas Reed. It, it feels like you need a little more size in here somewhere. Well, Frank Kaminsky is one free agent on their radar. I'll tell you that. Okay. Now, I don't think they're signing Frank Kaminsky even tomorrow. But Frank Kaminsky, I'm told, is on the Wolves' radar. So maybe they add Frank Kaminsky on a veteran minimum deal. And they'll be able to add some other guys on veteran minimum deals. They'll be able to add a few contracts here. They will. Maybe they even change their minds on Josh Minot. Maybe they see enough in Vegas to to sign him to a standard deal, not a two way contract. Right. So, so let's see how that Josh Minot situation plays itself out. So do but yeah, like this is. I'm telling you, I'm still blown away. Like, because I was on record saying I just didn't see this trade getting to the finish line. I really didn't think the Wolves would give up all of this for Rudy Gobert. So I was wrong on that front, but I'm telling you, I knew the interest was incredibly genuine. Yeah. How much does this now free up Cat to be Cat as well? Because, I mean, cl- clearly with the addition here, he's going to have some of the responsibilities that they had to rely on him previously for taken away. Um, he's a big man, but he's a very unique big man. How much does this now potentially free him up to maximize his skills? Well, yeah, I mean, I think about Chris Finch being in New Orleans when he had Anthony Davis, DeMarcus right. Cousins, yes. right? You know, so you think about how Anthony Davis was used with Chris Finch on the staff there in New Orleans, you know, Cat, I would think, will be used, you know, in a comparable way. But, yeah, certainly this will free up a lot for Cat. What were the Wolves' biggest issues? Defense, toughness, rebounding. Yeah. Rudy Gobert ex- excels in all three areas, mm-hmm. right? So, like, the Wolves' biggest issues, you know, bottom five in the league last year in defensive rebounding. They now got this – Unbelievable rebounder, the the what multi-time defensive player of the year. You know, not only you know an elite shot blocker, but a shot alterer, right? Like, just how many shots does he alter? Like, Cat is going to be freed up, no doubt about that. I do worry about Cat chasing around some small ball fours, yeah, even though Cat can move his feet better than maybe we've seen in recent years. Heck, I remember his rookie year, him chasing Steph Curry around the perimeter. You know, in a game and in Oakland at the time before they transitioned to San Francisco. Like I know cat can move his feet really well, but I think there's going to be some matchups where defensively the wolves are, are going to need some help on the perimeter. But that being said, you think about on the offensive side of things, like who's guarding cat then, right? So cat's going to have some mismatches on, on the other end. But yeah, I mean, I'm fascinated to see how it all works because this is really a small ball league now, right now, my guy, JB Bickerstaff with the Cavs plays Evan Mobley, Jared Allen together a ton and, you know, when those guys were on the court, Cleveland had all sorts of success, right? But more often than not, teams skew, you know, small, not big, right? So, you know, while the league is zigging, the Wolves are zagging with a move like this. Uh, MN Mohawk on the YouTube comment section says, how old is the kid that's going to be picked with that 2029 pick? Did we just send an eighth grader to Utah? Yes. <laughs> you did. <laughs> yes. That is true. No, the name is seventh grader. Of Hopkins High School. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's hilarious, Dukes. Give us uh, any any final thoughts here. I guess I'll, I'll I'll lead you with with this question: Is D'Lo on the team for one more year here at this point, or do you think they're still exploring? I think D'Lo's on the team. Yeah, I, do. I agree. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, if if he has a relatively good year, I can see D'Lo on this team beyond next season. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see D'Lo here. They were not in on Malcolm Brogdon. I can tell you that they did have some dialogue on Tyus Jones. Like the interest in Tyus was there. Like Where did he did he land there. somewhere today? Well, Tyus went back. Malcolm Brogdon went to Boston. Yeah, but you know, Tyus got two years, thirty million from Memphis. Okay. He never got you know serious on on the Tyus front. But the Wolves were exploring you know different potential paths to bringing in you know a different lead guard where D'Angelo would have been on the way out. You know, they were in on Dejounte Murray, not quite to the extent of Atlanta. Like they didn't come close to matching what Atlanta offered San Antonio. But the Wolves had genuine interest. Into Jante Murray. It's been a crazy 48 hours. Like, there were so many free agents. I didn't tweet about them all, but like you asked me yesterday morning about Amir Coffee, Phil. The mm-hmm. Wolves kicked the tires on Amir Coffee. 
Mm. Like one name I didn't put out mm. there, like they had a bunch of interesting Chris Boucher who re-signed with Toronto. They were absolutely interested in JaVel McGee. Uh, Gorgie Jang is another free agent out there, the former Timberwolves center that the Wolves have, have at least kicked the tires on. So they're going to add at least one, if not multiple bigs mm. on veteran, you know, minimum free agent type deal. So, you know, they're still going to be active here in, in the coming days, but yeah, it's just, it's been a crazy 24 hours and I can't tell you just how nuts my phone's been. I mean, even like Mike Gensel, Arizona Coyote scout, former gopher hockey assistant coach is blowing up my phone. That's how big <laughs> this team is. The guy who, who, you know, his livelihood is the national hockey league. Like he's fascinated by, by this move. He's blowing up my phone, looking for all sorts of information. Hey, uh, another comment here, Steven from the Scornoth YouTube channel comment section. This trade is completely asinine. This is worse than Tibbs trading away Zach Levine. Guys, Zach Levine was one of the core young pieces of nuclei for that Timberwolves team. They cut out part of the nucleus to add Jimmy Butler, and it blew up in their faces. You can say this is an overpay all you want to but they didn't trade anyone from the nucleus. They kept Ant, they kept Jade McDaniels, they kept Carl Anthony Town. They're adding to the young nucleus. Now, you, again, is four first-round picks and a bunch of good role players too much to give up? You can debate that all day long. But this is not trading Zach Levine to the Bulls for Jimmy Butler. Just well, want to make that, that perfectly too. clear. I still need to verify this. So this is a little bit more, you know, me opining somewhat. But, like, I strongly believe Utah wanted Jaden McDaniels. Mm-hmm. And the Wolves said no. Mm-hmm. Right? And, you know, maybe we go back to Tuesday when Chris Finch held court with a few of us after the, the Walker Kessler, Wendell Moore Jr., Josh Minot introductory news conference. We got Chris Finch off to the side. And he mentioned, you know, our development next year. Now, this soundbite really doesn't make as much sense now that they have Rudy Gobert and certainly Kyle Anderson. But, like, he mentioned, like, for us to take that next step and – Jalen, Jaden. He mentioned those three names specifically: Jaden McDaniels, Jalen Noel, Anthony Edwards. Yeah, like they've been asked about Jaden McDaniels so much going back to the February trade deadline. This now signals what they think of Jaden McDaniels. That they think his ceiling is incredibly high. Yeah, I think the fans are are uh, going to the Herschel trade based on the draft picks too, which again leads me to say: Can you compare the national? Football League draft circa 1989-90 to the NBA draft now. It's so yeah, hard to compare that. That's the that's the concern. Like, you gave up your draft classes. I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah, I, I mean, but you keep Jaden McDaniels, right? So, yeah, like, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying I think that's what fans are I will tell about. you, my DMs on Twitter are, are exploding, and I don't have anybody so far that says, I love this trade. Hmm. So, I mean, that just tells you. But could you imagine if – Instead of all these unprotected firsts, you keep one of these unprotected firsts, 25 or 23 even, but that you gave up Jaden McDaniels. Could you imagine the reaction then? Yeah. So I hope fans realize that it could have been worse. It really could have been. But, like, you better pray that Rudy Gobert stays healthy. Like, he's been yeah. relatively durable, but you better pray. And, like, the money he's making in three seasons – Holy bleep. Like, think about Carl Anthony Towns when the extension kicks in in two years. Then the salary of Rudy Gobert that season. Has anybody looked at that? Like, I guess that would be, what, the 25-26 season? Or maybe it's the 24-25 season. But, like, we have to be talking, what, close to $90 million for those two players, Cat and Rudy Gobert? Like, that's just, oh, my God! No. Yep, no, this uh, this is fascinating. Well... Doogie, we'll let you get going here. I know you're, you're on your grind for Five Eyewitness News, the Scoop podcast. You can find Doogie on every single week, too. And then he, he jumps on Mackie and Judd, for those of you who are watching us for the first time here on the YouTube channel, every Tuesday and Thursday for some uh, inside information about your favorite Minnesota sports teams. But thanks for jumping on with us to break down. what I think I think this is the biggest trade in Timberwolves history. I know they traded KG to Boston, but I, I think – when you're the team that's pushing all the chips in to get the win now piece, I think this is now the biggest trade in Timberwolves history. So thanks yeah, I mean, for coming it's on. Open for debate. I still might say it's KG. Then KG instantly going on to the the success he had in Boston. Oh, a lot of guys that moved on went on to success. Right, Andrew Wiggins go up and down the list. But mm-hmm. yes, uh, for the Wolves to be the team going all in. Now I guess they did it somewhat with Jimmy Butler. But sure, 
with all these first round picks involved, Phil, like, I don't think you're, you're completely asinine for suggesting that I still might rank KG trade number one, you know, maybe even the Marbury trade. Right. But like, this is certainly, yeah. I mean, undoubtedly it's, it's certainly up there. Let me give you a quick update too on a twins note that I texted Judd, that Judd tweeted out play more likely early next week. So I thought it would be tomorrow, Judd. I told you tomorrow. It may be Monday or even Sunday, maybe Tuesday. But anyway, Florida Coast League. So it'll be low A, Fort Myers, Miguel Sano ready for his rehab assignment. Nice. Darren Doogie Wolfson, everybody. There he is. Thanks, Doogie. Thanks, Doogie. Scoops. All right. Have a great fourth. See you, boys. Bye-bye. All right. Awesome, man. All right. Any final thoughts from you guys as we process this trade? I'm still trying to process it, though. And so, like, I don't have – it's a lot, okay? I get that. It's a lot to give up. But I feel like teams in this town in some ways can't win because the reaction is they gave up way too much or it's they didn't make a trade. Yeah. So I'm hesitant to I'm hesitant to rip a trade immediately uh, because if the Wolves had stood pat and didn't do a thing, there would be a lot of griping and complaining there, too. So I think it's really difficult because, I mean, we all said the Vikings are going to make moves, and then the Vikings didn't make moves. And I said, why didn't they make moves, right? So now am I going to jump Tim Conley? Like, he gave up a ton. I get that. But if this is if, if he's right and only time will tell, this is definitely going to change things. And I do think that we need to be prepared. I think part of our problem when it comes to this team in particular, and it's a fair problem for the fan base to have, is we don't trust them because they ordinarily screw up. Uh, because they certainly have in the past. But this is going to be different, and I think they've got a competent guy here. And I think that there has to be some willingness to go along with his plan without just immediately dismissing Tim Conley as being a buffoon. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think I don't. I, I, does that I, make I, sense? I, I trust Tim Conley at this yeah. point. Hey, I, but I, mean, I bought I bought season tickets for Carlos Correa and the Twins. Uh, their season. Are you going to buy Wolves tickets for, now for the, for the Wolves here? Or is, is Rudy are you going to buy season tickets now? Yeah, we'll Money see. bags. You know, I'll I'll trade my twin season tickets and get some competent bullpen arms. I tweeted that out the other day. I will gladly trade them back if I can get some. Uh, yeah, heck of a performance! Bullpen. Heck of a performance they yesterday. Thornburg's mm. gone. We got him out of okay. here. Yeah. I love that. Let's just run run Thornburg out there yeah. and then uh, kick his ass to the curb. I sort of wish it's his fault. That, today. Yeah. that was. So I felt bad for the guy. God, oh, he set up yeah, to fail, and yeah. he succeeded. Yeah. yeah. Mm. He succeeded in failing. Miserably. Yes, I'm saying he lived up to exactly what they sent him out there to do, which was make sure that they got on the plane on time. Yeah. All right, boys. Well, all right, that happened. The Timberwolves traded a boatload of first-round picks and half their roster for Rudy Gobert, the best defensive big man in the NBA. Are you more excited about the 2022-23 Wolves, Phil, than you were this morning? Yes. Hell yeah. The more I look at their lineup, too, it's a damn good lineup. If it works, if right. it, if, if it doesn't better work, work, I don't know what they do. But it better work. Cat, Gobert, Jaden, Ant, D'Lo, and I think it makes sense at this point to just keep D'Lo for one more year and let him let him play his motivated contract right. year out and his shooting see what helps happens. now, right? Yeah. Like like assuming he makes shots. Yeah, they his, need a shooting. Yeah. His his willingness or insistence on shooting becomes less of a problem than it was previously. Correct. Um. Well, his his shot making is always good, but what are you saying? Are you saying that I'm saying you want him to force likes, more shots, or I'm saying the fact that he likes to shoot now becomes more tolerable because they've traded away guys that could shoot. Yeah, I think I don't want him taking more shots. The importance of him being year. an effective shooter, I think, is right. what Judd's saying. It, yeah, I'm saying it has. I, he has to be an effective yeah, shooter. Like I'm he, saying he likes to shoot, and I think it becomes less of a problem now, as, assuming he makes those shots. I think he needs to. I think he needs to have more self awareness toward the end of games, and this trade sure. doesn't change that. Like sure. he he needs to figure out on the nights where he's three of fourteen, it ain't your turn to shoot here. It's your turn to play point guard and get somebody else a look, and not stand in Anthony Edwards' way or or whatever, or get cat inside, baby, pound the ball down low, right. The pain. Go bear. Go bear. I don't think he's like a he's not like a his points come off of like other things, you know, they come off like other people throwing a pocket pass and 
I don't think he's going to like go to work in the low block. <laughs> Some people are saying he's this grinding. is the new David Robinson, Tim Duncan. And again, that was 25 years ago. That is that is the only concern. It's like, oh, it's, okay. it's, it's the next thing from 25 years ago that doesn't have a proven formula. Hakeem in and Ralph NBA. Sampson? Yeah. That's a Roll page of my childhood. 80s. Yeah. But uh, in Tim Connolly, we trust until proven otherwise here. That's my that's my motto. Oh, wait for it. Wait for it. We, we got the howl towel. There you go. Howl towel. Howl. You make a big trick, get the howl towel. Howl. We'll find out if it keeps waving. There you go. Don't have any shoes on. Shoes are off. Howl towel. Phil's got a howl towel. No shoes for Declan. Shoes are off. Tired. Amazing. Amazing. All right. All right. Back to drinking. Back to the long weekend here. <laughs> uh, thanks again, everyone, for hanging out with us here. Mackie and Judd on Score North, little emergency episode. And uh, if you could click the, again, the like button and the subscribe button. We just went over 17,000 subscribers on the Score North YouTube channel. Thank you. So, Got boom. Thank you guys. Throw, throw in a spot or two. Are you the producer now? Or are you just, I'm just going to ask. I, I was just, you know what? We got a lot of people watching. We're, we're, we're caught up with we were spots. Plug, but, uh, I was just curious if we were going to plug some This is of where the sponsors. business office comes sponsors. back to us, and then we didn't you know, do a spot. Because I love our sponsors. So, so okay, I won't that. say a Appreciate thing. It. Sorry. Thank you. Surly. All right, go Jack, back just to go back to drinking. I wasn't drinking yet. See you guys. Oh, my God.